Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Peak heat. Why this heat is going to make you faster this fall. You finally made it to August. This is the hottest time of the year. But the good news is that the temperatures are going to begin to drop very soon. All of these hard weeks of sweating it out and working hard in the hot temps and humidity will actually work to your advantage on race day when these temperatures start to drop this fall. They say summer training brings fall PRs and they are absolutely right. So don't lose hope yet and don't get discouraged that some of your paces may be a little slower than what they were this spring. You are still gaining a lot of fitness during this time. I know back in episode 53, we talked a little bit about how you're going to have to modify for the heat and we didn't really revisit that topic again until just now. Um, A lot of people this summer, it's been tough. You know, it can be really hot out there and as a result we're seeing slower paces we're seeing sometimes workouts cut short we're seeing you know some people getting discouraged because it's just hot right like it's humid um the dew points up the humidity's up it's just not the same as running in those cool temperatures and it can really wear on you um as the week weeks go on you start to kind of lose hope like geez is this really actually making me in good shape or am I just kind of like burning the candle at both ends here Um, and it can be hard especially during this time to kind of get to that point like okay I've been doing this for a couple months now and my body is just really um, not adapting or it's not um, it's not getting faster in this heat despite doing uh, the workouts and, and following the training plan and all that stuff. So I have with me today Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here at Run for PRs. He has over a decade of coaching experience, both at the club level um, and at the college and high school level. He's helped a lot of people train for marathons all the way down to the one mile distance. And he's here to chat a little bit about this peak heat with me. So Jason, what happens physiologically to your body when you train in the heat versus training in colder weather? Yeah, it's a great question. And I know that, you know, for a lot of us heat training, we notice that we sweat a ton more when we're outside. And, you know, the first thing I think of is your body, just how much you're sweating. Um, you can lose between about six to 12 ounces of fluid every, every like 20 to 30 minutes. So it kind of depends on, you know, each person's body obviously is different, but when we think about if we're out there for an hour, there's a good chance that you, um, sweat it out at least 24 ounces of fluid. Um, if not more. So, and that's just for like an easy run. So we think about if we're running harder, um, the harder we run in heat, our, you know, our heart rate, first of all, is just going to skyrocket. Um, and so the more, the more, the faster pace that we're running, the the more energy that's going to require. And the hard part about training in the heat is our body can't keep itself cool like it normally can. So not only is our heart working to send, you know, blood flow to the muscles and all that to keep our, keep everything going, but also the, the cooling properties. And that's, that's really what's tough. And so I think that, um, you know, a lot of times athletes can become dehydrated. It's important to avoid running outside, you know, if it's extremely hot, um, if humidity is usually above 70 to 80%, 
that's really when it's it's becoming kind of dangerous to be out there. And I know a lot of us, we've gone out there when it's 95% humidity. Um, but we definitely want to think about everything we can do to prevent um, dehydration, including proper clothing, um, sunscreen, all of that. And then um, not, not only that, but incorporating fluids along the route. So maybe you're stopping, even if it is a short run, it's still okay to stop and um, get, get water 10 or 15 minutes into the run. Or um, if you are going to do a workout, I think stopping after the warm up, getting some fluids in, stopping after the workout before your cool down, that sort of thing. Don't wait till your workout's completely over. And um, a lot of people like to carry water as well. So that's another way that you can help, um, you know, prevent from losing so much fluid. Yeah, that really brings up a lot of good points. Um, I think, you know, biologically, if you look at the physiological level of all of these things, you can kind of see what, what's happening here, right? So when you're working in the heat, um, you know, your body has to work a lot harder to keep you cool. And so that's just what happens. It's working harder <laughs> to keep you cool. Um, when you're running in the colder temperatures, your body does not have to work hard to keep you cool because it's already your body's already cold, right? So that's why you bundle up. Um, but when you're in the hot temperatures, your body has to work hard um, and do all those cooling mechanism things like sweating a lot um, and just other things like forcing you to slow down so that you don't overheat, um, all those good things. But the cool thing is that when you go, um, you know, in a couple of weeks or in a few months from now when the temperatures do drop, um, your body's not going to have to work as hard to cool you down. So you're going to have this fitness that was created kind of in, in a space that was actually making you stronger. Cause I think, you know, the red blood cells, all those things, it, they increase, um, over time when you're in that more stressful environment, your body is making adaptations. And then when you go and you're in the, um, cooler temperatures again, your body's like, Oh, this is really easy. I don't have to work hard at all to cool you down. Um, this is a lot easier. And so instead of going to cool you down, all the blood can just go to your muscles. And so then it's making you like even faster, which I think is really cool. And it's really hard when you're in the moment of those hot workouts and those hot easy runs and long runs to be like, yeah, this is somehow biologically going to make you um, faster down the road when the temperatures do drop, but it actually is working. So every single one of those hard runs that feels like, you know, suffer fest, um, it's your body is producing a physiological response. And after that stress, your body's like, oh, we need more, you know, red blood cells. And it's producing like things that are helping you um, in training that heat. And then when the heat does go away, your body just has extra and it, it just becomes like almost, you know, doping, <laughs> you know, you, you get um, an extra edge from training in the humidity and the heat. So, Jason, have you ever noticed um, when you go after, you know, a summer of training that in the fall running just becomes easier and kind of when do you start to notice that at like what temperature um, and what time of year and have you ever had athletes that, you know, some of our athletes are in Florida, so they're not really going to, you know, notice this at all because it never really gets <laughs> cold enough there. But have you ever had an athlete like travel um, from a different state to go to like, say Chicago and they just like crush it because their body is like never felt 50 degree weather. Um, and they're so used to training in like 90 degree heat all the time. Yeah, definitely. I know. And 
up here in the Midwest, you know, we typically have a pretty good uh, month of September where temperatures start to drop. Um, you know, some days are still pretty hot, but I'd say average temperature is probably around 60 degrees. And so you'll get, you'll get some nicer weather days. And I think that that's where you start to feel kind of normal again on your runs. You just feel, you know, back to normal, like it's 60 degrees. Okay. This is okay. And then when that temperature really drops into like the upper forties, I think that's really when you start to notice like, the changes in your body like oh i feel great like this i want to push the pace and that, that crisp cold air just makes me want to go all day and so um i think that you know the like you said training in the in the heat all summer can definitely definitely pay off for you um, but we need to train smart and so thinking about um you know getting ready for a fall race it's you know that's why we always recommend i know we've done podcasts in the past about how to choose your marathons and when to race them and i know that you know most parts of the country that late fall um, even in the early winter, those are kind of the prime times to be doing the marathons because you're, you're hopefully going to get better weather on race day. Um, and even if you're not really used to it, um, I think the reason you feel so good is your body doesn't have to work so hard to keep your core temperature down. And so your body's able to get the rest of the, the rest of your muscles and everything are able to get the energy that it needs to keep you going. And sometimes in the heat, that's not the case. You know, part of, um, losing all that sweat as your body is working so hard, the, the heart rate starts to get elevated right away. And so you're trying to keep your core temp down and then the rest of your body can feel kind of sluggish. And so that's what we're experiencing in, in humid and heat, uh, like conditions. But, um, you know, a big, big recommendation would be just to ease into things in the, in the heat, you know, don't start running so fast, go more off. Um, you know, like Victoria always talks about time-based goals, go off of that, not so much about pace. Um, and then just go off of like perceived effort, percentage of effort. Don't worry about like hitting, you know, if your marathon pace is eight minutes flat, don't feel like you need to strive to hit that. Go off of what that percentage feels like normally for you. Um, Cause that may feel like 840 pace today if it's super humid and hot out and it's sunny. So again, perceived um, effort of exertion, that's kind of how we want you to train in the summer. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I know, you know, podcast 53 kind of talks a lot about how to train in the heat and how to make those adjustments. And I think one thing that's really important to note is everyone's different. And I think it's really important to kind of have a training log, a training journal, uh, writing down what the temperature was and kind of what you were hitting for paces. Um, I know for, you know, different parts of the world, it's totally different. We are lucky to live up here in Minnesota, Wisconsin area, and it just does not get that hot. Um, I'll go out on my, you know, morning runs, you know, five, 6 a.m., even at 7 um, it's usually never hotter than 75 degrees in the morning like that. Uh, obviously it can get up to hundred during the day, but in the morning, you know, we're talking 75 degrees as probably the hottest or maybe 80, but even in those situations, there's probably at least one day per week where I'm going to choose to do my workout. That's going to be, you know, more like a 70 degree day. Um, and even then, you know, for whatever reason, everyone's body reacts differently to heat. Um, I have a training buddy who, he just can't even, you know, hit 60, 60 seconds per mile slower than his pace is um, in the heat. And, you know, when the temperatures drop, he's back to totally normal. We're back to being the same pace again. Um, but, you know, me on the other hand, it's like I go out, if it's 70 degrees, I probably only have to like add 10 seconds per mile on to whatever the pace is, maybe five. Um, I think some people, their body just like adapts differently and they can handle heat um, differently. Um, And it's important to understand that because, you know, you might have a friend that's going out there and they just aren't affected by, by, they aren't affected by the heat at all. 
But then there you are, you know, slowing down 30 seconds per mile. Um, that's totally normal. And so don't let it like get in your head. Uh, it, it's just the facts of life. Sometimes people, their bodies are more efficient at cooling them down than others. Uh, but then when it comes to, you know, a 40, 50 degree ideal running weather day, uh, the cards are equal for them for whatever reason. Um, there's a lot of factors at play there, but I think the biggest thing is just knowing how the heat affects you personally and having a log and then just allowing yourself that that flexibility and freedom with yourself to not like, you know, beat yourself up if, oh, my workout, I'm 30 seconds per mile slower. It's like, but if that's what you've been trending and that's what you've been doing the last, you know, couple of weeks, that's just kind of like where you're expected to kind of be at. And then once the temperatures drop, you're going to see, you know, a huge improvement there. So just, you know, as hard as it is right now, just remember that it's all going to pay off and you will see faster times as the temperatures drop because your body does not have to work as hard when it's cold. Um, and I know it's kind of like, sound like a broken record at this point, but it's so important to kind of remember that. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of touched on this, but what sort of temperatures do you have to see in order to really start to feel these effects? And do you actually feel like, so, you know, maybe the first 60 degree day, you feel good, but you don't feel like amazing, right? Um, and then 50 degrees, but do you find that as it gets even colder, like you get even faster or do you find that like once you hit a certain temperature, it just kind of stagnates? What is it like, um, kind of experiencing that, you know, cool down effect? Yeah. I mean, thinking back, I've done some marathons where, you know, the, the start time, start temperature was right around 30 degrees. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it got up to 40 or 42 by the end, but I did PR that day. So I think for me, Anywhere between like 30 to 50, it's pretty much the same. I'm going to probably get this for myself. I'm going to get kind of the similar performance. I'm not going to really notice too much. Um, Now, obviously, if it's in the 20s, you're going to need to wear extra clothes to keep you warm. And we know that, you know, colder weather, your body doesn't necessarily work as efficient as it will in those um, preferred temps. But I think 50 to 60, maybe like a, I don't know, 2 to 5% um, drop in, um, you know, efficiency or your time and then 50 to 60, same thing. And then by 70, you're looking at, you know, slowing down by quite a bit. Um, but you know, as far as when I go out and do training runs, um, yeah, I'd say once, once a temp hits about like 60, that's where I'll start to probably notice. I'd say on an easy run, probably, I don't know, 10 seconds per mile slower than maybe what I would go at 50. And then at 70, maybe about 15 to 20 seconds per mile slower, just to kind of give you that perspective. If it's 80 degrees, I'm probably going to be running 30 seconds per mile or slower. Um, And that's just like on an easy day. So, you know, think about how that might transfer into a workout as well. And um, we didn't even touch on humidity, but kind of the same thing. Um, Heat and humidity combined, that's going to just slow me down even more. Um, it's interesting because you brought up somebody who, who I think I know who you're talking about, but myself thinking about racing in, in heat like conditions, it's, I've had some good performances, but I've also had some, um, not so good. And I think that for me, it's the humidity that really affects my race. Like I can run when it's hot. We've done torchlight before it's been 99 degrees. Um, you know, it's a hot summer night in July and you know, you, I've still ran pretty well. And I think that for myself, it's, it's the humidity because that's where, you know, if it's a high dew point, I'm starting to sweat more and I'm just feeling more like lethargic, like outside. I don't know what it is, but, um, I've also noticed the fitter I am during like a training phase, uh, the less the heat, um, would affect me. If I'm not super fit, I'm going to really need to watch it in those heat, heat like conditions and slow down even more. Um, same with like getting into workouts. I'm not going to be able to go out and crush workouts if I'm not super fit yet. Um, but if, if I'm having a good training, you know, recent training cycle, 
I think that heat will affect me a little bit less than it would. And that's probably true for most people because the more fit you are, you know, your body is kind of used to it. It's a little bit more acclimated or it'll, it'll at least be able to acclimate itself a little better. Yeah, it is kind of funny to look back at, you know, races over the years and, and the heat and all that stuff and and what it's like. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, you've had good races in the heat, but you've also had days where it's like it just wasn't your day. So even someone who is someone who is a good performer in the heat, like I would classify you, you've still had, like, off days where you're like, geez, this is way harder than it normally is. Um, and so I think that's important to know. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I rock in the heat, that doesn't make you, like – um doesn't guarantee yeah it doesn't guarantee that every single race every single workout you're gonna feel awesome um so i'm even thinking back on some of the days where like maybe you had a bad race in the heat like boston 2016 and kind of how i felt or you know grandma's 2016 it was a black flag condition day um they actually shut down the race after a certain point because it was just so hot i think it was it really wasn't that hot compared to where some of these people are living but i think it was like 75 and 90 percent humidity by the time I finished um but even then I still ran like a 328 which which I was surprised I was able to like maintain whatever pace I was going I felt like I was slowing down a lot but you know compared to some other people it's like they they slowed down by over an hour you know because it can wear on you especially over that longer distance and you know I could have been someone that day who ran you know a four plus hour race it just really depends on the day and how you feel and all all those sorts of things um, so yeah, you're not exempt from, you know, a bad performance just cause you typically do perform well in the heat. Um, there's another race I'm thinking of, it was a 15 K, uh, probably 70 degrees, 90% humidity. You ran amazing. Um, one of your best friends dropped out of the race <laughs> and I just ran so bad. Like it was the worst race of my entire life. Um, I actually like walked at the end to finish because, and it was only a nine mile race, right? And I'm someone, I was training for like a marathon, right? Like I'd ran multiple marathons and I was just like, couldn't do it. I was walking. Um, and I ran slower than like my marathon pace for that run. Um, and it, it was just, it's humbling. Cause like you go into them and you're like, yeah, I've had, I've had great races in, in the heat before. And then boom, you have this race in the heat and it just like humbles you. And you realize, geez, you know, I shouldn't be so cocky because this heat, it's serious stuff. And, you know, you gotta just be aware that even if you normally feel good in it, you're going to have an off day and it's just going to happen to everyone. Even people who, you know, can run great races in the heat, you're going to have an off day. Uh, Ben Jacobs, he's another person that runs really well in the heat. I think his first marathon, he ran that black flag condition day. So it was sunny something degrees, 90% humidity. He ran like a 240 marathon. And I just think, gosh, how does anyone do that? But I'm sure if he was on this podcast right now, he could list so many workouts or races that he did in the heat where he felt terrible. Um, so just just knowing that it affects everyone, even if you haven't experienced it yet, you might. And, you know, if you are someone who's experienced it to the extreme and thinking, well, I just wish I could have like one day where I don't feel horrible. Um, just know that a lot of people who do even run well in the heat, they probably don't feel great doing it. Um, I can think back to a lot of workouts that I've had, you know, in the heat that looked super impressive on paper. Like I was like, how did I even hit that pace? Um, but while I was doing it, I felt terrible. Like I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, just, you just don't feel a hundred percent. So even if you, you know, see someone crushing it, I guarantee you that they're struggling, um, in some ways that maybe you're not seeing on, you know, quote unquote paper. Uh, and that's just kind of the moral of the story there. 
And I guess, you know, kind of like easing into some things, some people might be listening to this, they're like, yeah, right, it's never going to get, uh, it's never going to get cold here, right? Like, and that's the thing is sometimes the temperatures start to drop. This is what happens in Minnesota all the time. Temperatures start to drop, I think, starting in like August. Like, you get a, a day where it's like 62 instead of 70, and you're like, oh my gosh. And then maybe you get like a week where it's like in the 60s, and you're like, oh, it's, it's happening. And then wait, you wake up one day and it says like 50. Yes, falls here, and like it slowly is going down, but you'll have like a spike. So like randomly, like there'll be like an eighty degree morning. You're like, what is this? And so it's a gradual decline, but it has these spiky days. And I know one summer in particular, I can think of um, I was training for CIM twenty eighteen. Um, I had just kind of started my training cycle, but we decided to do this twenty mile supported long run on like September 14th and we, you know, September 14th, Minnesota, you expect that it's going to be in the sixties, fifties, maybe even forties. And some years we had done this run and it was in the forties. Like I have pictures wearing long sleeves and you know, I felt cold at the start. Um, so we woke up that morning we saw what the forecast was, but obviously when you wake up in the morning, that's really when, you know, um, 90% humidity, 72 degrees. And I just almost wanted to cry. Cause I'm like, no, this isn't possible. This isn't happening right now. Um, but you know, you know, you did the 20 miler. It sucked. It's horrible. It was one of the last hot days. You got it over with. But the problem here is that sometimes that's not the last hot day, right? So that's scary. You know, you're only three weeks out from Twin Cities that day. Uh, that means you're like three weeks out from Chicago that day. So what if, you know, three weeks later, and this has happened, you're sitting there at Chicago it's 75 degrees, right? So we need to talk about what if it's hot on race day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing thinking about throughout all your time goals, because that's, that's the first thing we need to think about is just um, really readjusting or reevaluating what your time goals are. We're going to want to go more off of um, effort and just kind of see how you're feeling halfway through because you, you never know. Like you, you might start off conservative, Maybe it's 20, 30 seconds per mile slower than what you thought. And you you might still feel like crap at the halfway point. Or you might feel amazing. So then you might start to hammer down and press it down from there. So it really will depend. And it's going to be a game day decision. And you're going to be reevaluating throughout the race, I think, several times. Um, As far as like your hydration, your feeling, that plan might change a little bit too. Because you might start to be a little more concerned about um, sweat loss. losing those, those key, you know, minerals that your body sweats out. So you're going to want to replenish with electrolytes probably more so than you would if it was like a normal 45 or 50 degree day. Um, and so thinking about that, the electrolytes, how are you, how are you going to supplement? I'd probably take more salt stick pills. That's just kind of been my go-to during marathons. I want to make sure I prevent cramping. So you're going to be more thoughtful about, um, when to take those and making sure you're getting extra electrolytes in because your body is losing more in those types of conditions. So I think those would be the biggest two things to think about. Um, You know, as far as starting your pace too, you want to allow your heart rate to slowly warm up. You don't want to just start your race pace and then your heart rate skyrockets because late in the race, again, your body's going to only be able to keep your body, your core body temperature cool for so long and the rest of you is going to feel lethargic. So um, I think it really boils down to just completely changing your approach to your your pace and how you're going to approach the race. Yeah, I think those are all really good tips and pointers, you know, and I think it's just important to know that 
fall races usually aren't um, hot. So if you're doing a marathon major, world majors, so like Chicago, New York, whatever, it's been very rare that they're warm um, for fall races. More than likely, though, if you do a major in the spring, you know, like a Boston, that sort of thing, you're running the risk of, you know, a hotter day. I think that the spring marathons are a lot more risky than fall races when it comes to, you know, hot days. There have been fluke years about once in a decade for fall races where they're hot. Uh, but typically, you get really good weather. Uh, when it comes to the spring races, not so much. And that's where you need to kind of worry a little bit more. And that's where we give more advice on the uh, slowing down on race day, all that sort of thing. But I think a lot of people are going to find that this fall, the temperatures are going to be good. Um, they're going to drop. And let's say, you know, on race day, if it is hot, you actually are at an advantage because you have been training the heat all summer. So whereas if you were in the spring, chances are you probably didn't train in the heat at all because you did a lot of your training February, March, and then boom, April race day, it's hot. Um, you had no time to prepare. Your body is not acclimated to the heat. This is the first time you've ran hot and you're going to go 26.2 in the heat. So that's just a different ball game completely. Whereas in the fall, it's like you did all of your training in the killer heat. It was hot. Um, you're used to this, right? Like this is what you've been training in. So even if it is hot on race day, it's like you have this in the bag. Like you've done this a million times. And chances are, even if it is hot, you've probably done a lot of training runs in hotter temperatures. So I'll just keep that in the back of your pocket. You know, if you're having a really tough time one week and it's super hot, just be like, you know what? But if it is hot on race day, like I'm going to be ready. Even if it is, you know, like 60 instead of, you know, 50, you're going to be at such an advantage um, that you just have to take every, you know, every temperature difference is huge, right? So 10, 10 degrees that's still that's still going to give you a ton of additional benefits there. And try not to worry about it, but just know that it could happen. And if it does, you'll be very well prepared for it. Um, you know, and then we're talking about all these benefits, you know, we're acting like, yeah, you're going to run faster on race day. And you probably will by, you know, maybe it's 30 seconds per mile, maybe it's 10 seconds per mile, whatever it is, um, whatever you've been training is. And some people are like, yeah, I, w- I want these benefits. How can I get more of these benefits? Or maybe you live in an area where it's not super hot, right? Where you're like, well, I don't really get any of these benefits. Like if you live in Washington state and it's never humid and it's never hot, um, what are some ways that you can replicate this type of training and get this heat training, this summer effect um, without like the heat, like, or let's say you're in the winter and you want to like keep going. Cause I know for me in the fall, like I'll get super fit and I'll be like the best shape ever. And then your body just kind of like hits a plateau. It's like, you don't get that like doping effect of all the humidity anymore. And you, you can't like get as fit. I always get so fit in the summer cause you train in that humidity and then it's gone. Like, it's almost like altitude training. So, like, how can you replicate that when it's not summer? Or do you just not? Yeah, this is a tough one. That's why I told you when you first were starting to do marathons, do a fall marathon. And, mm-hmm. and you got mad at me for that years later and you wanted to do grandmas in the spring. But I always felt more fit in the fall as well. And it is tough to replicate that if you're living in, in the Midwest or anywhere where it gets remotely cold. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can run... You can run on treadmills if you have access to it, if you have access to a gym. Um, and you can try sitting in the sauna before and at, you know before your runs. You can try to um, figure out a way to kind of work your heart rate up before you run. You could wear, ex- wear warmer clothes or extra clothes than what you normally would, forcing your body temperature to rise a little bit. Um, 
probably the best advice I would say. I mean, I hate to say go into your run without being that hydrated, um, you know, because that's not good, but that would allow your body to kind of feel like it might feel if it were super hot. But, um, yeah, I guess that that's probably, that's probably what I got for that. Um, you could train, um, you know, even go, go during the warmest part of the day at least, so peak sunlight. Because for me, you know, the one year I ran a race, it wasn't really the heat that got me. It was the sun, man. The sun just zapped everything. And granted, it was I was running a marathon. I didn't, I didn't really fuel because I didn't think I was needing the fuel because I wasn't racing it. So I just ran easy. Well, the sun still zapped me because the sun is bright and it requires more, you know, energy for my muscles. So um, I still cramped because I wasn't, I wasn't uh, taking the electrolytes. So um, running the peak sunlight, you know, even if it's only 50 degrees or whatever, um, that's probably the best advice I have for that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things here with, you know, you hear about the sauna training, like going to the sauna after or before you run or whatever. Because I know some, some people, they travel to destination races. I know we have in the past, like we did Disney and it's like, yeah, you got to get somehow acclimated to this hotter temperatures. And I think treadmill running, you know, in a hot gym, that that can help. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, there's not like a ton that you can do. Um, but I do think, you know, the humidity is poor man's altitude training. So it's going to give you these benefits, um, that you just can't necessarily replicate without that humidity. And if, if you do maybe train it at altitude, right, which isn't really an option for people. So (laughs) I like to consider training the humidity kind of the same as training at altitude. You're going to get similar effects when the humidity goes away as you would like at altitude training or whatever. Um, just because your body is making physiological adaptations every time you're training them. Um, yeah. So how hot does it have to be Jason to get like effects of this physiological, you know, blood doping, whatever, uh, to see the improvements and does it have to be over like a sustained period of time? I'm assuming. Yes. Well, yeah, you think about, you know, that you're going to get a greater return on, on investment the longer you're out there and the, the warmer it is. But I would say, you know, 65, 70 degrees, that's kind of where we would want the temps to be to start to um, see a significant change in like the, the training for that to impact you for, you know, for racing in cooler temps. So, um, you know, if you're somewhere where it really doesn't get much hotter than like 75 degrees, like even in the midsummer, um, you know, that's still, I think, warm enough. But you know, that's not the same as training in Orlando or somewhere where it's 80 to 90 degrees with 90% humidity. I think they're, they're at a much, um, you know, I guess better advantage in terms of, uh, allowing their body a chance to, you know, gain all those benefits for, for training in those tough conditions. Um, so that when it's cooler out, they can hopefully, um, you know, see a better performance, but, um, yeah, it really just, again, it's going to depend on kind of your what your body's used to, um, where you're living and what part of the country, that sort of thing. Maybe the time of day that you train too, cause maybe you get out and you have to run at 5am before really the sun comes up. So, um, yeah, it just depends. And it, you may be a person that can run in, in the sun, kind of like me, but, or when it's hot, but you may just struggle in the humidity or vice versa. Maybe you notice like, Oh, I can run if it's cloudy and 90% humidity, but I just struggle when it's 75 degrees, low humidity, but it's just, um, full sun shining down. That's when I feel like garbage. So every person's different, I think. So that'll kind of depend on, um, your experience with running and training in the heat. 
Yeah, everyone is different, and I think that's really important to remember. Uh, you know, but heat and humidity, it's tough stuff, and I just encourage everyone to kind of hang in there because we're all going through it together. And the biggest factor, I think, for me was always the humidity factor. And I think as someone who usually runs uh, in the morning, that's usually when humidity is probably the worst. And so I think that's really what benefited me the most the last couple summers with the the training and the humidity um, as opposed to, you know, just training in heat because it is the humidity um, that is really making it hard and creating those physiological changes there and you know getting more specific I think it's like the dew point because it has something to do with like the moisture in the air and all that stuff um, but it truly does make it harder when that humidity is higher so even if you know there were some days last summer I remember you know you look at the temperature and that's what you mainly want to look at right like naturally you see oh my gosh 70 that's so hot but 70 degrees and 100% humidity is a totally different beast than 70 degrees and like 40% humidity. And so that's just really important to remember because there were days where it would be like 70 both days, but it's that humidity number that's really um, leading the way there. So, you know, you could feel like you're dying, can't breathe at all, 100% humidity, where, you know, when it backs down to 40% humidity, same temperature you feel amazing. And so that's one thing that's really important to also remember because I think even as the temperatures fall, um, you can still have like a 60 degree day where it's 90% or 100% humidity. And that may feel harder than a 70 degree day with no humidity. Um, And so that's just one thing to keep in mind. And for me, as the temperatures fall, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but I don't even notice really a huge increase or even any increase until it's 58 degrees. For some reason, that seems to be like the matching number, 56 to 58 degrees, is when I start to really notice benefits there, and the humidity also has to be low. Um, And then it just gets exponentially, you know, better as it gets um, colder until about 38 degrees. That's like my, my sweet spot right there. I know it's super random, but I know it's just right under 40 is like optimal for me. Um, and everyone's going to be different there. So you might be someone who's from Florida and honestly running 38 degrees, like your body might go into like shock, right? Like everyone's different. Um, and so maybe your, your highlight, your favorite temperature is 50. Um, so just knowing kind of your body and, and waiting for those optimal days. I know for me personally, you know, if I were doing a fall race, uh, and a lot of the races were getting canceled, I'd probably just wait till there was a perfect weather day, uh, zero wind, 38 degrees. And I'll just go out there and kind of hammer out whatever I had that day. Um, so just knowing kind of what your ideal temperature is can go a long way and just getting excited for those cooler temperatures. I know a lot of people heard 38 and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's so cold. But you know, those are the temps that are coming and headed this way for a lot of people. And you can look forward to running some fast times as the temperatures really do start to drop. So if you have any questions or you need some, you know, motivation, support, you want to figure out kind of what is run for PLRs are all about, you can get a seven day free trial of coaching. If you visit our website, www.runforprs.co. If you fill out the form there, you can chat with one of our coaches today. We have coaches who work full time. And so you can chat with someone right Right away, we can get you set up and started on a free seven-day trial. So thanks for tuning in.